All right. Out of Ottawa, Canada, the Soul Jazz Orchestra with People, People. This is Lead Stories. I'm Yatrice Lead, and we're talking about issues today that affect and will affect a whole lot of people. How prepared are we for the very real possibility that the United States could soon be at war, as President Biden has vowed, should Russia still massing its forces against Ukraine overrun it? President Biden has warned Russia of swift and certain U.S. military action if it should invade Ukraine. But Russia continues massing its troops at Ukraine's borders. What is important for us to get a sense of is that we seem kind of distant. I know in my community here, people... They don't care. <laughs> they just this is not one of the big things on their minds. Uh, I suppose un, until war, if it is declared, uh, will involve their sons and daughters. So, what is your view? How prepared are you for that real possibility? Are you really prepared for the possibility of war? This is the situation we're in, and we have to deal with it. 888-874-4888. Are we going into yet another war, and this one mushrooming outward, grabbing a whole bunch of other countries, and uh, involving millions of lives? Or do you get a sense that there is uh, reality seeping in and maybe we will have some attempt at diplomacy, some effort made to just calm things down, but will Putin, Vladimir Putin, the, the president of Russia, the chairman of Russia, Will you, will you expect that he would back away, or will he just continue? What has to happen here at this moment to get things under control? They're spiraling out of control, and we are not seeing not even a glimmer of logic. This happens all the time, of course, we know that. But this is particularly formidable and frightening because it is going to be literally a world war. We may think it's only in that part of the world, but it will involve many, many nations. 888-874-4888. Are we prepared? Are you prepared? I know I'm not. I'm not prepared for war. I don't want war. But is it possible to stop an escalation 
Is it possible that cooler heads can prevail? Is it possible that we can have some kind of sanity here? And instead of proving your machismo, you prove how smart you are as a leader of a country that can actually interface with others, especially at critical times, and get some kind of logic to prevail. Is it, is it even possible that this could happen? Might we actually see something like that? Or is it going to take the same turn that other things have taken in the, in the past, where the issue then becomes, how do you protect your ego? And supposedly they'll throw in there your, your national pride. Is it the same as capitulating? If you, if you decide to sit down and talk this out or send your emissaries and swiftly see if you can come to some kind of agreement, even on a small thing, but war and this kind of war that we're seeing, it's not going to be good for anybody. Not good for anybody. We have been unbelievably calm here in the United States because we've put the war at a distance. Uh, we get to see it on television, and then we, you know, we kick it off and we go to sleep. And we tune it in whenever we want to the following day. So we can choose when and where we enter this, this brewing war. But that's not the way people are living all over the world. They are on pins and needles. They are fearful, not only for themselves, but for the entire villages, for entire countries. This is not a good place to be. Yvette from Pennsylvania in the air. Yvette, you're on the air. Yes, I can. Um, I take a deep breath, and I said, you cannot prepare for this war, because if this brings us to World War III, we already understand that no one is going to be in a good place. So, no, you cannot prepare for this. But the height of stupidity on on the United States side, because why are we going all the way over to the borders of Russia when our country is falling apart? I don't get it. I really... Uh, the, well, we've the done that many, many times before. Many of the wars that this country has experienced have been really totally illogical and perfectly pre preventable. But people have things to prove. And for many, in leadership especially, there's something hypnotic about being the commander of... Uh, tens of thousands and maybe even hundreds of thousands in the case of, of uh, European forces of 
soldiers. And it's like it's like they're playing toy soldier on a, a large scale. This, and they love it. They're realizing a long-held but silent desire to head up an army. <laughs> and now that they are heading up a country, they could do whatever it is they want to do. Mm. That's a big but I just, don't, I just don't understand. I mean, we've done it in the past, but you think there'll be some emotional involvement? <laughs> so somebody would say, you know, we did this before. We went into Afghanistan. We lost miserably. We spent, what is it, trillions of dollars over there? That could have been used here for the citizens here in America. I just am so saddened by the whole the whole thing it's very so how would you envision americans impressing the point you're making now on the president president biden and and what effect do you think it would have (laughs) well right now i don't think it'll have any effect but i was just thinking that why are we so bent on having Ukraine and NATO. Um, we didn't allow because Russia, Russia says Cuba. Ukraine is ours. That's what Russia says. Ukraine is ours. Okay. It is not. We will not allow it to go into NATO, and that's the end of it. If we have to go to war, so be it. Right. And, I, well, the, the, the logic behind that, I'm thinking, is that just as we um, prevented Russia from coming into Cuba, they said they were too close to our border. Even though we have water separating us, Ukraine, as I see it, is directly on the border of Russia. And so just like we don't want Russia being close to us to do anything to bring um, military aid or oil or whatever to a, to a little country, Cuba, definitely Russia wouldn't want all these NATO countries to have access to Ukraine where they can now levy up on them. So I don't think... But you know, uh, one little caution for you, Yvette. You, you, you're talking as if your logic, and I agree, you're being logical. Your logic <laughs> is their logic. It isn't. No, it's not. No, <laughs> nobody wants to back down. So, And I was saying, is it so important for Ukraine to be in NATO? Can't they be a neutral country? We shouldn't have any concern about what uh, Ukraine chooses to do the same way that we would really take offense if somebody said to the United States, now this is what you're going to do. You're going to belong to this organization. You're not going to cross this line. You're going to be contained within your borders. Who's going to put up with that? Right. Okay. But, but, but can I say this? Sure. Russia, in the situation that they're in, to me, I would say, I don't trust you, United States. I don't trust you, UK. I don't trust anybody in the NATO because they're all my enemies. They, they, don't, they don't like Russia. So to avoid this 
out-and-out confrontation. What is that point? Why does America have to send her troops from over here all the way over there to try to prevent that? Well, That's my it question. is about treaties uh, that are long established, that if you're in trouble, I'm coming to your uh, defense. I will back it, you. Ukraine, oh, Ukraine has a treaty with the United States. If you're hearing strange noises, this construction yes, goes on in, in my uh, uh, compound okay. here. And it's, yes, okay. they're being very kind uh, to no, not I make excessive noise. No, do you know that there's noise. a treaty a treaty currently um, with the Ukraine and the United States? But, you see, the Ukraine with which the United States had some kind of a rapport with it's not the Ukraine today, right? Uh, because Russia is not the same Russia today. We have a strong man in the person of Putin, Vladimir Putin, and he aims, he sees it as an encroachment on the Soviet Union, a threat, a direct threat. Right. So it all comes into play about what it is exactly that they're arguing about. Is it a treaty? Is it that they feel that uh, you're too close for comfort? It's, no, it's or about democracy. It's like, Don't join yeah. this organization. I forbid you to be part of NATO. Uh, yes. Because then you will gang up on me. What is going on here? But right. the question still is, Mm -hmm. As a citizen, how do you think this affects you? Oh, it's perilous. I mean, it's, 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 this is serious stuff. I mean, how do you stop it? You don't, because as you say, um, if these gentlemen are feeling like they're, these are war games and it's all a big game and they really don't care, you know, then we, it's going to take us to that brink, you know, unfortunately. Thank you. Thank you for getting us started today and for planting the seeds of uh, discussions that should continue throughout the program today. Thank you, Yvette. Jeremiah from Harlem, you're on the air. Hello, Eutrice. Pleasure to join you today. Um, very serious topic indeed. I'm going to use an analogy from my own experience as a martial artist. I was training in martial arts since I was eight years old, and I studied a variety of styles. And at one point, I worked at a really interesting place called the Fight House, which used to be on 27th Street, just down the block from FIT. And it was a really interesting place to practice martial arts and an interesting place to work because I would literally train in the style of Kung Fu that I was training in called Ying Jiao Pai, Northern Eagle Claw Kung Fu, and at the same time, there would be five separate martial arts classes going on with five separate styles, and I could see how all these different styles of martial arts would train, and there was this one boxing trainer there who was just, he moved like a cat. He was a heavyweight, but my Kung Fu teacher used to marvel at how well he moved and, and what a good fighter he clearly was, just from his, his practicing and his warming up. And I got a chance to speak to this brother when I worked there 
for the summer one time. His name was Yamboo, and he said he had a 98-3 and three amateur boxing record, which I believed him because he just he seemed pretty straightforward. didn't seem like somebody who would lie about anything, and he, like I said, he moved like a cat and was a strong guy. And I was watching all the sort of tough guys who walk in and out of this martial arts facility, and I was mentioning the Yamboo. You know, there's a lot of strong guys here, and there's a lot of tough guys here, but most of these people are hobbyists, and they're not really ready for a fight. And this man with his amateur boxing experience, and who knows what kind of experience he had on the streets, he said very plainly, no one is ready for a fight. No one. So that's my reaction when you say, are, are you ready for this? Well, no one is ready for what will unfold if the cat is let out of the bag. And that dynamic, that tension between the United States and Russia, which was kept at the status of Cold War, becomes a hot war. We are very realistically looking at the end of human civilization as we know it, because the destructive capacity of these two nuclear powers is that great. And it's so terrifying to think we have a media system that's almost cheerleading us into war. They're presenting this as another sort of entertainment spectacle, as they've grown accustomed to doing. But if the cat is let out of this bag, we're dealing with a level of devastation and destruction that the human race might not be able to recover from. And uh, what, what is the problem with, uh, I mean, it may sound like a naive question. Sure. Well, knowing, knowing the potential for utter devastation in any war today, but particularly war between, let's say, the United States and Russia, is there nothing that can ameliorate the situation and bring some sense and caution here to the leaders of these countries to let them understand this is not about you alone? <laughs> you know, you are basically doing things that may very well harm hundreds of countries throughout the world. Why don't you guys sit down and figure out a better way? Well, I think the answer is what you said to the previous caller, which is that our logic is not their logic, unfortunately. And, you know, for example, I'm a very fond listener of your program, but obviously I can't read your mind, Eutrice. So, just like I can't read your mind and I'm somewhat familiar with your politics and your discourse, I'm not even going to kid myself that I could read the minds of people who are strategizing around warfare in back rooms and, and along secret channels. You know, I think we really kid ourselves in doing so. It's like, you know, it's information that's unavailable to us. I mean, we just couldn't possibly be aware of exactly the thought process. And it's pretty terrifying. But as citizens, we need to speak out in whatever manner we can, because so many of us have grown accustomed to the comfort of modern life. We watch our Netflix, we have our internet connections, we have our, our cell phones and our various devices, and we think of this sort of destructive force that's affected so many people and killed so many people in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Yemen, the list goes on and on. We think, oh, well, that, that kind of suffering is for those other kinds of people. And we somehow think of ourselves 
as first world people who wouldn't be subjected to such a thing. And I hope that's a rude awakening that we don't have to experience because I think we're all on the list of the disposable ones if it comes down to it. <laughs> wow. Now, that is a word of caution. I can tell you that. That's how it rang with me, a cautionary tale. Thank you very much, Jeremiah, for your, your, your contribution today. Thank you. Tony from Orlando, you're on the air. Hi, Chris. Thanks for taking my Hi. call. Thanks for calling, Tony. Um, I have a different um, perspective as far as this whole uh, Ukraine, United, uh, Russia, United States, uh, European nonsense. Um, I believe it's all a whole, it's all propaganda. It's propaganda. Uh, we, the real problems in the world is that there's runaway inflation. Uh, there's a uh, recession. If it's not already here, it's coming. And these are just uh, nothing but propaganda to keep the people distracted, scared, and uh, convinced that we need to continue to pump trillions of dollars into militaries that uh, don't do nothing but just spend our money. Uh, like, uh, but it, you had a are those things real just the same? I mean, it's not like uh, in the ether. These things have already begun to manifest as real issues that no, we have they, to deal they, with. They, they're not no, not necessarily. I mean, all all the, all Russia has done is place troops along its border and 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 continue with its regular exercises that they had with Belarus. That was already scheduled. All of the, all they're doing is is uh, exercising uh, their military within their border and their allies. Uh, they're not intruding on any other country. They're not invading. Uh, the United States, in the, on the same part, we really haven't moved any troops into Europe. Uh, if anything, just equipment has been moved around here and there. Uh, if you if anybody following the stock market, the military-industrial complex stocks have gone up ever since this whole thing has started, and everybody's distracted by this potential non-war that's going to happen, everybody knows that the United States and Russia are not going to go to war because we have nuclear weapons. That's, that's a, that, there's a, that's a no-brainer. It's not going to happen. What this all is is nothing more but smoke. It's a distraction. Uh, there's nothing to any of this. If anything, uh, the big players on top, they're, they're renegotiating deals that have been that, that uh, Putin, if anything, he wants to renegotiate some of the some of the deals that that's been made in the past to try to get a little better position uh, for himself uh, politically within his own country because he has his own issues uh, to to keep uh, his citizens at bay, um, and that's all it is. It's all number politics. But aren't you being dismissive of the enormous? implications, even if you think it's just dismissive, uh, but you have entire nations mobilizing, and then you have the second tier of nations supporting those nations that uh, no, 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 not really. 
Not really, because what what what, what are we really looking at? That uh, that Russia wants to invade Ukraine. Okay, so they invade Ukraine. Then what? Nothing. No. The United States is no, not no, 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 nothing. Do anything about that? The president has said that if that happens, the reaction would be swift and lethal. He's, he's pretty much promised and sworn that it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I doubt that very much. I mean, if anything, there's going to be some non nonsensical sanctions in place that really doesn't do anything. But to be honest with you, uh, I don't really think uh, Russia is going to invade. Uh, if they do invade, they might invade in a, a certain uh, certain uh, provinces within Ukraine uh, that are already occupied by Russians, and are those are Russian people that live in that country, in that certain part of the country, uh, it, just like they did in, uh, I believe it's 2014, where they annexed Crimea. Those were already Russians living in that area. Um, other than that, I don't see him invading, doing a full-blown invasion. And even if he did do that, uh, the West is uh, nowhere near prepared to do anything about it because the, the, the whole uh, Western European bloc is dependent on Russian oil. If Russia cuts them off, do you know the crisis that they will be in right now? They're in crisis now. They're in crisis now. Not nearly. Not nearly as much as if he if, if Putin decided to cut the oil off from Europe, they will, we don't even know what that will create. Because in the United States, pretty much uh, Joe Biden has waged the war uh, against fossil fuels in this country. That's what has led to us drilling, I believe it's a little more than one million barrels less of oil per day. Right now, we are not in a position to uh, have any oil be cut off from uh, Russia. Okay, we're not, we, we cannot supplement that oil as, as a country to the European nations. So that is, it's not gonna happen. There's not gonna be any war. We are dependent on Russia, okay? They can pretty much, they have the upper hand. So what Putin is doing is renegotiating some, some minor details within, within his uh, area over there, and there's not going to be any war. It's just, it, this is nothing. This is just a bunch of guys renegotiating deals, and this is the way they make it look like. Oh, you're making it sound like, oh, what's the fuss? Yeah, they're having a little tip, and everybody have a drink, what it is. And, and they'll be all right. But uh, you do realize this is, the age of, this is the age of nuclear war. This is the age of high-tech war. And exactly. And, and 100,000 troops on a border doesn't mean anything. And when you're talking about it, well, what you just said. Is all it is is theatrics. I I I don't. I'm worried about your how casual you are. <laughs> you know, I'm worried about you, <laughs> honey. Because you trees. When okay. When has the United States okay? When you're talking about superpowers in the world, you're talking about the United States. You're talking about China. You're talking about Russia. 
when has the when's the last time the United States ever went to war with China or with Russia or for that matter Iran? But yet we 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 were quick to go into a little tiny third world country and like Afghanistan and wage war there for decades. We don't mind doing something. Yes, like that. it's a sure win. Mind going when you go up against an enemy that is not prepared to fight you with all your your bells and whistles of war, uh, you know, it's a slam dunk for the United States. Exactly. One and that's the way you, exactly. that's the way except, the United States except, rolls. Except that's the, there might just be a rearrangement of uh, allegiances, and with that will come a whole redefinition of how the world will exist. And that is not something I think the United States is prepared for. I think it's another country. We can go there and spray this and bomb that and shoot the other, and we'll be out of there in, in 45 minutes flat. Okay. But something else has been going on in the meantime when the United States has not been paying attention. Uh, and there, there, the people there's, there's of the United States are not paying attention. Yes, there's an allegiance, that, a, a stronger ties between uh, Iran, China, uh, Russia, uh, uh, Venezuela, and other countries that are being formed, Syria, that are being formed, an alliance that is being formed, and uh, this is this is basically uh, uh, the theatrics of a part of that. Listen to you, the theatrics. <laughs> you are scaring me today. Eutrees, this whole narrative, you understand, Eutrees, they, they push the media, which is part of the state, uh, uh, it, it pushes these narratives to keep the public in fear so that we can continue to justify sending the trillions of dollars into military and not into our education system and not into our crumbling infrastructure. I can understand your argument there, but I'm looking at what is happening on the geopolitical level where there is a realignment or may soon be a massive realignment of the geopolitical structure. You treat, you, you treat the United States can't fight everybody. It just can't. It can't. The, the realignment is going to happen regardless whether we like it or not because this country is so racist, it can't understand what you're talking about. Okay, that, that realignment is happening right under our noses in South America, in Africa, okay? That realignment is occurring as we speak. But this country is so racist, it doesn't realize that what's happening is that they're being pushed out of all of these, uh, the influence out of these countries, okay? Because they refuse to engage these other nations as equals, as equal partners. That's the problem with the United States. That's always been the problem with the United States. But now, because like as you speak, that there's a realignment, there's a reformation of, 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 of forces that are going out and seeking these economic opportunities and treating these people as equal partners, uh, that is what is occurring. We, we know that. 
But as far as going to war, the United States' MO has always been to uh, fight weak, weaker countries that it can, it can do what it wills it, uh, in, onto those people and not deal with the issue that is truly at hand, not deal with the major players. They would never deal, they would never go to war with Russia or China. It, that's never going to happen. Well, I wish that you were a member of our Joint Chiefs of Staff and you could talk some sense in their heads, but I don't think I don't think they're going to put up with you for very long because you're talking sense. <laughs> well, thank you so I, much I, for contributing. Thank you, Idris. Thanks for calling in today, Wayne from New York. You're on the air. Hello, Wayne. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Yes, you're on the air. Good. Good. Um, in regards to your topic today with the war, that the war is, is a possibility. It's a great possibility. And it will work in the interest of the people that let us say the bankers and so on, the Europeans, the big arms dealers that need a war to boost the profits. But added to that, they have this thing going on right now, of which COVID is a part. This total global destabilization and population reduction that they are working on very seriously. And we cannot put that down as not being... Your, your, your phone is, uh, your voice is going in and out. So just keep it at a steady... Uh, okay, is this any better? Much better, thank you. All right. Now, we kind of downplaying the plans that these people have for global domination. Yes, the construction people again. But um, yes. I'm now reading here something that to me is all a part of this global depopulation program. Isn't it work? In Kentucky and Indiana, they said they found the avian flu or the new bird flu virus. But I think you, you're drawing off the topic, though, Wayne. I want no, you to no, say no, 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 no. Let me take a minute to make this point. Right now, right now, under the COVID, we have a food shortage, right? We also have the thing with the people dying of starvation in countries of the world with no hope. Under a nuclear configuration, a lot more people are going to be dying. This is part to me of their world depopulation program. But that is not the subject. But wait a minute. That is not the subject that we're dealing with. You're taking us off on on an angle. But Today is not the day for that angle. What I want to I know, know is, are you prepared? Let's get that addressed, please. Like the caller before said, nobody is and nobody will be prepared for a configuration like that. None. We could make all these plans about where we would like to be and where we wouldn't like to be. 
but nobody is prepared for that. And this will be a war that we haven't seen before. Nuclear, nuclear explosions in almost every country of the world, including America, the people are not prepared for that. They wouldn't ever be prepared for that. It is something that we have to deter at every cost possible. But the people that are running this system are hell-bent on it happening because it is part of their agenda. Okay. Well, thank you for your contribution today, Wayne. Thanks so much. E from Edgewater, you're on the air. Hi, Idris. Hi. What are you thinking? Sounds like you're, sounds like you're hanging out with Aborigines with that Dirigida Duke in the background. Whatever those guys Dirigida are doing. Sounds just like Dirigida Duke. Dirigida Duke. <laughs> I never believed yeah, to say that word. The oh, yeah, yeah, they are wrecking the entire compound and rebuilding. Oh. So we have to pay. Oh. We have to put up with it. It sounds kind of nice. It sounds wow, wow. Sounds all right. Uh, I don't know. I've seen a possible war starting in Canada. Is it a coincidence that all of a sudden, when there's some big protest going on in Canada with the truckers, now all of a sudden our direction is taken to Russia? Is is Putin helping out, uh, doing his job to try to get this focus off what's going on in Canada and put the focus on what's happening on the border of Ukraine and Russia? We don't know. We will never know. Here's what we know. There is enough of a confrontation between the United States and Russia right now that should have us all thinking. It should have us nervous as to what the immediate future holds and whether we can do anything about it and what is likely to happen. Let's focus on that. Right. Right. But, okay, we'll focus on that. Now, the government of the Ukraine is saying we're jumping the gun. Biden, the United States, and the United States press is making too much of a big deal, and they don't think there is such a threat going on, and they, they would like us to tone it down. But we're not listening to even the country that we say we're going to want to go help. Didn't we help them before? Didn't Biden go over there with a billion-dollar check? to give them money so they could buy military equipment from us uh, and so he, his son could get a couple of million dollars in the deal. That already took place, and now we're going to send all this equipment over there. You know, we have a border with Mexico and Canada, so if we put military equipment in Minnesota, does that mean we're going to go to war with Canada? Or we put some in Texas, does that mean we're going to war with uh, Mexico? It's just totally ridiculous. They're just trying to take our attention away from what's really going on, where people are standing up for their rights in Canada, and they're trying to get these mandates taken down, and they don't know what to do because they're disrupting their whole economy, and they have to deal with these truckers, and they want our attention taken away to somewhere else so we won't see what their plan is to do to these truckers. Because if it happens that this gets stronger in Canada and then escalates into the United States, we can shut down this whole two countries and they're going to have much bigger problem than what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine. 
But just to say, indulge me here for a minute. What can, in your view, be done now to de-escalate the pensions that are now at peak high? I think the biggest thing that we should do is listen to the government of Ukraine since they feel there's no threat from their next door neighbor, Russia, then why should we jump the gun and we should play a waiting game? There's no need for us to, to make things worse by sending all this equipment over like we're ready to start some war. If the government well, of Ukraine the, the, the says, says right, he's, we don't the need president your help. He's ready. The president has said he's ready to take swift and certain and perilously lethal action. So none other than Biden himself has said it. Right, but Biden's not listening to the government of the Ukraine, which says they don't need our help right now. And if that comes up, then maybe they need our help. But right now, they don't need our help. They don't feel they're being threatened by the Russians, and they don't want this thing to be escalated. So please stay out of our business and leave us alone. That's what they're saying. I'm not saying it. The Ukraine government is saying that. Isn't that enough evidence that there's nothing going on and we're just looking to, to make a distraction for what's going on right here in America and right here in Canada, right next to in our border, right next to in, in the country of Canada? Well, That's what I'm thank saying. you for your very passionate contribution today, E. You're on fire. Thank you. Henry from Chicago, you're on the air. What's going on? What can happen now? What should happen now? Hey, Chief, how's it going? It's, it's going. All right, all right, same here. Well, even though uh, about a couple of calls ago, there was somebody that was kind of dismissive on the whole situation. And I think the last caller was talking about it was a distraction. But, you know, even though I do believe that no war is going to happen, there's an underlying nefarious effect that's going to happen in this whole situation that I think will be worse than war. And what I think people are not looking at or refuse to look at because apparently everybody, you know, thinks that it's a distraction. And I, for me, it's very important because when you talk, when you're talking about realigning the geopolitics of the world, that affects everybody. So, you know, just as uh, certain callers have, have said, uh, and I kind of agree with Putin's not invading Russia because for one, I don't think Putin has the military strength to invade Ukraine because my thing is this, even though they can, you know, they can invade Ukraine easily, they're not going to just be dealing with Ukraine. They're going to be dealing with the whole European Union and the United States. Russia doesn't want that smoke. So Putin, as much as I don't like him, he's no dummy. He's not going to invade Ukraine and cause that. What's basically happening is the United States is trying to prod him into invading it. And, and your last caller had stated correctly, because when the president of Ukraine was saying that this is, you know, that, that we're making too big of an issue of this, then that told me 
that, you know, there's no way Russia is going to invade Ukraine. And Ukraine itself has a has a very different very different political, you know, in, you know, issue going back to, you know, when there was a Soviet Union all the way up to, you know, uh, about seven years ago when they deal with the Crimea uh, situation. But what I'm worried about is the imperialist attitude of the United States and causing destabilization in an area that they're probably going to be paying for if they happen to destabilize you look at you look at Libya. You look at Iraq. You look at the situation that happened 20 years ago in Yugoslavia and Serbia. These are all U.S.-based policy things that we are still paying for today. And then what do they do? They cause more havoc. When you t- when you th- when you think about Libya, that's where ISIS was born out of. And now we're having problems with terrorism because of ISIS. So for me, it, 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 it's a much bigger issue than just war, because if people understand what happened uh, six years ago in Crimea, there is a neo-Nazi party that is trying to stoke this war going on with Russia. Now, do you want neo-Nazis running the Ukraine? Because what's going to happen is, just like with you know uh, Islamic fundamentalists, you're going to get terrorism going on in that part of the world and possibly here. So for me, it's not just about war. This is about something that's going to be a long-term effect. So when building, if you live in a big city and buildings start coming down because neo-Nazi terrorists uh, partnered up with some other fascist group and started bombing, then you're going to be saying, well, well, we should have looked at it. We, we should have paid more attention to it. And, and also, too, the money that's being poured into the situation is, is, is taking away from stuff that we could be using here. So this is why it really needs attention because of the fact that we need to tell our government, stop pouring all this money. We can pour hundreds of millions of dollars to move equipment over there, but we can't get a George Floyd bill passed. We can't get a voting rights bill passed. We can we can't even get the uh, the, the the buy better or, or infrastructure uh, bill that that Joe Biden is trying to pass. We can't get none of those bills passed. But unanimously, we can send almost a billion dollars to Ukraine to a to a to a place where war is not going to be uh, imminent. So, what then, in your view, accounts for? Biden's uh, trenchant aggression, saying he would be ready to take uh, Putin out if it needs to be the case. He was, he's willing to go up against that, against Russia, in the defense of Ukraine. Well, Biden is trying to play multiple fronts. So for one, his his approval rating is going down. And he has to they have to tag a boogeyman somewhere. And that boogeyman is Putin. So obviously to stoke to stoke the war uh uh against Putin, he has to and the media also with uh uh also have to 
uh, make Putin this Adolf Hitler type of uh, a person. Like I said, I'm no big fan of Putin, but I, Putin is not a dummy. And so on that front, he has to get his approval ratings up and get his party ratings up. And then secondly, too, you have a, a situation where, uh, uh, and somebody mentioned this before, if Ukraine, uh, uh, they're trying to get Ukraine into NATO. So at this point, he's feeding the military industrial complex because obviously NATO, uh, well, Lockheed Martin has a contract with NATO. So you have to buy weapons from Lockheed Martin and uh, Ray- Raytheon uh, uh, if, you, if, you, uh, uh, if you join NATO. And Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, I believe, are American countries. Am I, if I'm correct on, if I'm not correct on that, American companies, companies. Yes, they're, they're American companies. So he's playing this on two fronts. So, from your perspective, what is the best position to take right now as an American citizen, an American, period? The best position to take is to leave Ukraine alone, leave Russia alone. We don't need to be sending money over there. We don't need to be stoking any type of war over there. Stop focusing over there and focus on what's going on over here. Because typically it's an imperialistic and capitalistic plan for them to uh, bring Ukraine into, into, into NATO so they can, first of all, control uh, the gas. I think somebody mentioned oil, but Russia's biggest asset is natural gas. That's what they're feeding the, 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 the European Union. So they want to take control of that because there's a big uh, gas pipeline that goes through Ukraine. Okay. Do you think you'll end up eating your words? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I hope. Just asking. I mean, I hope they're silent. I, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see just like everybody else. <laughs> we have to see. We just all have to yeah. wait and see. But this is a very dangerous situation where. The whole world seems to be enveloped. Thank you so much for your call today. Thanks, Henry. Lincoln from New York, you're on the air, and you're the last caller today. <laughs> Good day, Eugene. Um, Good day. Indulge me, for, yeah, indulge me for a second. First of all, unlike Henry, I do like Putin. And I do support Putin. And I do believe that Putin is a very noble man. And a lot of people talk about Putin without really listening to him. I have posted several speeches of Putin on Facebook. And people seem to try to shy away from it. Even last night I was watching one of... I said watch because I don't speak Russian, so I watch the caption, you know. And one of Putin's, um, there was a speech Putin made, and he said, what did Libya do to you while you invaded Libya? He actually said that in one of his speeches. So what did Libya do to the USA? Why the USA should have invaded Libya. There was no response to that because they had no good response. Um, and, uh, to answer one of your questions, are you prepared? I have been anticipating this award. I don't think one is going to occur right now over Ukraine. And, but I have been anticipating 
what they call a third world war. And I don't call it the third world war because it's, it's really presumptuous to say that. It's really European tribal war, like Dr. Lumumba said. <laughs> because you know, it's presumptuous to call it the third world war. But it has nothing to do with the people of Africa, nothing to do with the people of the Caribbean, etc. You know, they, it's, it's similar to, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a misnomer. It's inaccurate to call it the third world war because we have nothing to do with it. We in other parts of the world. Um, I, um, I have been anticipating it in this way, in terms of preparation. You see, in terms of a world war, missiles are pointed at strategic places. So I've always been saying to myself, where in the USA is the safest place where they would point a missile? Uh, or where in the different parts of the world? You know, they wouldn't point a missile, like back in the Caribbean. There's no reason for them to hit the Caribbean. There's no reason for them to hit Costa Rica, etc. Because, you know, those places don't have any missiles. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I want to, I want to say this to, to the people. Um, if there is a third world war, the USA, the USA has unmatchable power. But it will be destroyed. Because I do believe in revelation, and I do believe that. Oh, Robert, here we go. Oh, okay. You know, no, no, you I won't. I won't continue. have one minute. I won't say that. No. I won't continue that. However, um, the, the the main thing that Putin is concerned about is the fact that the USA have broken so many promises back from the time of Gorbachev and Yeltsin. The US broke many promises and. Putin did, I mean, and Russia did not break one of them. And Putin okay, has... Okay, we, we, we have to leave it there because we're out of time. Maybe you can continue this tomorrow, but we I'll try to. Can't, okay. continue, can't continue now because we're out of time. Thank you all very much. It's been a very animated discussion today. I like it very much, and we must continue. Uh... I really thank you for being as passionate and as open as you are in expressing your views and sharing with us a number of points today I kept check that we simply haven't even discussed in the context of what is happening now, the focus. So let's convene again tomorrow. Bye-bye.